Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Hello, hello, everybody. I am Ross Morasso. Welcome once again to the show. My guest today, Linda Thornton Hunt, joining us from out of the UK, across the pond, as some of us say from time to time. She is a mental health and trauma therapist and owner of Your Inside Story, where she has been working with clients for over two decades, helping them through their issues. Linda, welcome to the show. Oh, hi. Nice to meet you, Ross. So tell us all a little bit about what you do and what does it mean when you say you are a therapeutic counselor? Okay. What do I do? My job is to help people cope with circumstances that are happening in their lives that they're unable to cope with themselves. So my responsibility to my client is to help them achieve the goals that they set for themselves. Um, That's basically how my therapy style starts, always with my client's goals in mind. So when people, when your clients come to you, are they always very clear as to what their issues and or goals would be? Or is that something sometimes they just feel sort of a dis-ease out in the world and they know they need help and you have to discover it together? Um, That's a really good question. Most people do not know. They just know that something's wrong or they have the symptoms of the problem, Uh, anxiety, depression, um, however that is expressed. It could be expressed as, I feel a heavy grey cloud over me all the time. I don't know why I'm not happy. I should be. Um, uh, I can't cope with my life. And to one thing that comes up quite often, Ross, is uh, I don't like myself. I don't know who I am. That's quite often uh, one of the major issues that will be explored. So let me ask you, and I know that every human being is different, and by the way, your website, yourinsidestory.co.uk, yeah, And I love that title. And so just as I just said, everybody is different. But inside of that understanding, if someone has something as general as I just don't seem to like myself, do you ever find that the root causes or let me say this, what would be some of the usual suspects over your time working with people um, in your practice? What are some of the usual suspects that leads us to feel that way? Uh, back to basics, it's all in childhood. Mm. I know that uh, some people um, in my profession don't think you need to go to childhood, but I personally don't believe that. We are what we are brought up to be and uh, to how we see the world and how we think. And that's usually down to our care and upbringing in childhood 
And most people who have a very low self-esteem is due to some problems in childhood. Now, I always say to my clients and I say to all our listeners, this isn't about vilifying your parents. Mm. This is about understanding them. This is about understanding what makes them the way they are and what were the set of circumstances that perhaps brought you to my door or to seek help. So do you, I think some people it might be more obvious, like, oh, my, one of my parents was an alcoholic or a compulsive gambler, like uh, an obvious thing to maybe point to, right? Is it also sometimes the case that people had, as a child, a traumatic experience or just a period in their time that passed, but was so impactful that it continues to sort of haunt them into their adulthood and they don't even know that? Does that Can that happen? Totally. You've got it spot on there, really. You know, one... I, what I work with is PTSD, mm. post-traumatic stress disorder. And one automatically thinks, or, or uh, some people would think, that that's only due to one incident, uh, a horrible incident that caused traumatic effect. But actually, there are all sorts of PTSD that's caused through a slow drip, and uh, where you, you gave a good example, an alcoholic parent... An alcoholic parent is usually absent. They are not with the child. They are absent in their alcohol, if you like. So all sorts of problems can be caused by those sort of incidents. But uh, what I've found um, is that it's it's the, the drip, drip, drip of um, perhaps living with in a, a household that actually is very unhappy parents are niggling at each other or rowing or uh, uh, violent or sudden actions of violence or a general pervasive unhappiness and unsafe feeling mm. which will cause um, this ongoing low esteem and low mood now couldn't that also then dovetail itself into social anxiety issues you know i find it as a broadcaster we've been trained for so long in public speaking that if we continue on with our career long enough whatever social anxieties we have are naturally going to have to go or we find another career now, I know, though, that social anxiety is something that uh, pervades a lot of us in society. And so having a childhood, as you're talking about going back to the beginning and to the basics, having a childhood where you just fundamentally had this underlining feeling of non-safety, right, of living in, you know, not being safe, can mm-hmm. that move itself out into social anxiety out in the world, right? Because meeting new people is always a, an area of minor discomfort for some of us out in the world. So is that one source of social anxiety? 
Oh, yes, totally. It will permeate through all aspects of the person's life. But it's it's interesting you should bring up that subject, Ross, because since COVID and the lockdown, the amount of social anxiety that has come to the surface is huge. It has has had an immense social, um, mental um, kick through, I was going to say. I should say follow through from um, the COVID situation. You know, I joked with some of my friends. I remember this specifically when COVID was, quote unquote, done. I should say at least when we were all more freely allowed or comfortable to interact with each other. That after our, our first couple of gatherings, on uh, after I got with them again, I said, I think I owe you all an apology because I think I forgot how to interact with people. And our last couple of times we were together, I was so happy to see another human being in front of my face that I couldn't shut my mouth. <laughs> you know, I just kept yeah. talking and talking. So what, how have you, if you've had people since COVID that have been with you, I don't know if that's a, a common story or like, what are you hearing from us as humanity that once we started to engage with everybody again, how was that experience? What are people telling you? Well, the main thing that a lot of people have found was when the lockdown came in, there was a sense of, I'm not talking about the fear and obviously the danger of COVID. I'm talking about the results from from the lockdown itself, that people found there was a a huge relief of um, not having that social pressure, not living in the world in which we live in, which is so interactive and busy and going here and going there and and friendship groups. and, And so what happened was their world... Um, shrank into their home and their close ones. Hopefully they had them or they were on their own and they bubbled with people. But then it became a safer environment in which to be. There was far less anxiety. And so when we came out of COVID, please, God, that that's true, when we moved out of that situation where we couldn't go out, etc. People were really unused to that interaction that you're talking about. Now, you're obviously an extrovert doing the work you do. So you, yes, we'll to your friends and really lovely to see them. But a lot of people aren't like that and found it extremely difficult. Who? How do I interact now? Who do I interact with? Because there was sometimes separations of, of uh, social groups and friends. It's been a, a really interesting, very trying time for numerous people who have had to revalue their life situation and their goals. And to then realize during COVID that for some of us, we liked this, I'll use this term again, you know, smaller sort of 
network or way of living. And then mm-hmm. now with, you know, quote unquote, COVID being done, as I'll just kind of keep saying, sort of, they have to get back out there and like life has to return to normal, except now they're present to the fact that they don't like normal. I think that seemed to be something for a lot of people with COVID. I don't know if people have verbalized this to you, but because we all had to take a beat, we were able to sort of reassess our lives, had times to ourselves mm-hmm. and think about what is important and how we want to live. But, you know, time and then society marches on. And mm-hmm. have people been able to, with people that you're working with, find a new balance or are they just more feeling like they just have to find ways to deal with this social current that is coming to get all of us no matter what because, you know, life has, quote unquote, returned to normal? Yeah, there's quite a lot in that. Yes, sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, of course, the the um, the position now people are in where they've got to go back to work. Mm. So the pressure of the time scale, the being away from home, um, there's been a pushback against that to some extent where people are saying, oh, please don't send me back to the office or out. I just want to... Um, can I have three days at home? So doing more split working, which suits some people. Um, I think in general, I think there was a huge reassessment of, uh, uh, inverted commas, my life uh, during the lockdown. So when this has been released, it's now, well, how do I live my life now? And we can see by our society that our mouths are are empty, our uh, uh, high streets, shops are closing because we got used to shopping online. Mm. So we have to go out to the shops for our things anymore. It was uh, uh, so streamlined and people got used to talking on um, uh, how we're talking now and with FaceTime and and uh, Zoom and Meeting and all the other um, apps that are around now, and it's 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 just called a caused a hiatus. So when people come to me, and they are coming through this period of shock because it was, and saying, "I don't know how to reevaluate my life now. I I don't know." how to interact properly. I do not want to go back to how it was, is one that's a phrase that's very often said to me. I don't want to go back to how it was. I want to somehow live a better quality of life now rather than how I was living before. And that, of course... (laughs) causes sometimes great upheaval in people's lives. For those of you who joined us in the middle of this, I'm talking to Linda Thornton Hunt, therapeutic counselor, international broadcaster, as well as author. She's the owner of Your Inside Story. We're going to take a break here, well, just for two minutes. But when we come back, we're going to continue on with our conversation about PTSD, as well as maybe a few conversations about The book that you have, Linda, very fascinating conversation. Everybody stay with us. We will be right back. All across greater Fort Lauderdale, millions of taste buds are cheering. 
Because right now you can dine at top restaurants and enjoy amazing three-course meals starting at just $35. So good. This is what I'm talking about. Pass the butter. It's all part of Lauder deals. Great deals at restaurants, spas, attractions, and of course, hotels. Look at that beach view. Look at that mini bar. See all the Lauder deals and plan your beach getaway at visitlauderdale.com slash deals. Hey, who ate all the key lime pie? Ani Animal Intuitive. Experienced in bridging the communication between you and your animal friend. Providing energy therapy for your animals who are ill or traumatized. Go to AniAnimalIntuitive.com. That's A-N-I-AnimalIntuitive.com. Are you looking for even more of the podcasts and hosts that you love? The Podcast Business News Network is proud to announce that you now have even more ways to listen live. Check out the MyTuner Radio, Online Radio Box, and Simple Radio apps on iOS and Android, or find us online. Search for Business News Network on MyTuner-Radio.com, or search Podcast Business News Network on Streama.com and OnlineRadioBox.com slash US. Take your podcasts on the go, and don't miss a minute of the action. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. All right, we are back with my guest today, Linda Thornton Hunt, therapeutic counselor and owner of a practice called Your Inside Story. Now, before the break, we were talking about COVID and trying to get back to normal and what that exactly means. And turns out it was not quite as easy for some of us as it was for others. And Linda, I wanted to ask you as we briefly were referencing the concept of PTSD. And in PTSD, we can probably wrap our head around that now, more of us inside of if you're a military vet and saw horrible things, or if you're a survivor of some sort of traumatic or violent crime or incident. Those are the obvious places. But I have a feeling from the things that we're talking about that PTSD might be something that more of us suffer from events or a combination of events in our life that are no less impactful um, to our health and well-being, but lack the ability to point to this one moment in time saying, that's what has messed me up. How would you comment on that? You know, what, how does PTSD manifest or expand on what that definition or, you know, could be in terms of PTSD? Does that make sense? Um, I'm not quite sure. Actually, so what I mean to say is, is that sometimes PTSD comes from a very obvious place, you know, yeah. like if you're in war, Yeah. but does PTSD also manifest or can be caused in a human being through more events in life that seem to be typical, but we just respond poorly to them because they have just taken a negative toll. Meaning, do you ever sometimes, whether out loud or in your work with people, you would declare that somebody has PTSD, except they don't fit the general obvious mold of what we, all of us lay people, you know, who are not in your profession would think would cause PTSD? Oh, totally, totally. When you get PTSD from, uh, uh, you Americans really led the way on this because of your 
um, uh, your treatment and help that you gave your veterans. Funnily enough, I was trained by an American lady, so um, that's how I got to learn and uh, discover because I found out I had PTSD. Um, um, the the interesting interesting thing about PTSD is that most people feel that it is just something that uh, veterans would get seeing those terrible things and everything and uh, people that have an accident or something like that but actually there's a it's a bit like an iceberg there are people walking around who just know they're repeating negative cycles they know they don't feel right they know they feel low they don't know why they've got really low self-esteem they don't know why they feel they don't fit in in the world and they can't pinpoint it to one or even two or three specific things or happenings and that's the really interesting thing about this choice of passage in my work, if you like. That my, my journey and also my journey through my um, therapy work with people, it's because it's a nebulous thing underneath and people don't realize they've got PTSD. So I think I just heard you say that you recognized for yourself that you may have had some PTSD. Is that correct? Yes, it now, is. And I'm not necessarily asking you personally. That's you, know, you, know, you don't have to talk about that. But as a therapist, how critical is it to understand our own baggage so that you can be with your patients fully at that time? Absolutely right. You have to be able to be genuine. You have to be able to walk your talk. I'm, I'm an ethical, I'm, I'm really caught up in this aspect of my work and my profession. Um, I don't mind saying a little bit about how I discovered because I, I think it's uh, pertinent to what we're talking about. Mm. I knew that I wasn't quite right. I knew there was something wrong. I always felt as though I had a grey cloud over my head. I was very successful in business, and I could, uh, I did very well in the businesses I was in. And um, but as soon as it came to something that got near me, i.e., relationships, uh, um, relationships, it all tended to go haywire and uh is that a a word haywire that you would understand in america for sure yes yeah and i couldn't work out and this is a symptom of ptsd i couldn't work out why i was making the same mistakes over and over again Mm. i'd got to the point where i couldn't blame somebody else because it had happened before. So one has to look inward and say, well, what's the common denominator here? And I thought, well, it's me. So I knew that there was something that wasn't right. And I searched for, believe it or not, 
40 years for a therapist to help me. Now, in that journey, I guess I'll call it that point, or saga, I assume that you probably went to numerous therapists, but they just weren't successful in helping you uncover what was going on for you? Well, they didn't know what Mm. was going on. They didn't understand what was going on. It was only when, uh, and I'd been all over the world, believe me, seeking all sorts of things to try and help me. I'd been in jungles taking ayahuasca. I'm not sure I'm allowed to say that, but um, uh, on the top of mountains praying, you name it, I, I searched. And it was a wonderful, interesting journey. But I, And I was getting better all the time and, and everything, but it wasn't until... I was diagnosed with um, PTSD from childhood. Of um, um, my story was that, um, and it's only just been accepted actually um, as abuse, and um, uh, I was neglected. So it's not an area that I wasn't hit. I had a roof over my head. I had food. I was, they, my parents spent money they didn't really have on my education. I was privately educated. So anybody would think, well, you know, what's wrong with that person's childhood, for instance? But it is now acknowledged that emotional and physical neglect is a form of abuse. And whether it's emotional, verbal, physical sexual it's still abuse and the outcome of that abuse for me was uh, having PTSD you know I want to say something to our listeners right now so Linda Thornton Hunt here is a pro and you just heard her say it took her decades to uncover what was going on with her own self there is nothing wrong with you never be afraid to self-discover, get the help that you need, and live the life that you want. So, Linda, thank you so much for sharing that part about yourself. It takes, probably for you, it's just a Tuesday. But for a lot of us, it takes immense courage, and I think that we're all better for that. We only have uh, a couple minutes left. Can you give us the title of your, uh, you have a book, if people can find that? And then tell us all uh, one more time where they can find you if they'd like to reach out to you to discuss maybe their needs. Okay. Well, um, once I was diagnosed, what I had was the most phenomenal journey of repair. And I became a happy and contented human being for the first time in my life. It changed my life. So my book is, and this is why I do the profession I do with passion because I change people's lives for the better. Mm. And I started creating my book that perhaps we can talk about in our next session together, Ross, um, very gradually developing um, techniques and understandings through my work. And I would put these up in post-it notes. And gradually, I had so many post-it notes. I thought, right, I'm going to create a book using the way I work. It's an interactive book, so you can use it as a journal or um 
a, a learning book. It's it's um, a journey of your. Uh, uh, it's a book of your journey, being guided by me, to help you get where you want to go. So it's um, kind of an un- unusual book, um, but um, what's the name of it? Be given it a it, title. It's called the journey. The journey. <laughs> what else? What else? It's called the journey, and it's an interactive book on how to how to set your goals. Really important. We'll talk about this in another um, episode. How how to set your journey, uh, your goals? Because most people just don't understand what they are. They'll say, "I want to be happy," but what makes one person happy as opposed to what makes somebody else happy? It's totally different. So it's about setting your goals, understanding who you are, discovering who you truly are, and changing the way you live. Wonderful. Linda Thornton Hunt, owner of the practice Your Inside Story, therapeutic counselor. You can find her at yourinsidestory.co.uk. And you can contact her. There's a big button right on her homepage, which is just Linda at yourinsidestory.co.uk. Thank you very much for being with us today, Linda. Oh, I've enjoyed it immensely. Thank you, Ross. You're welcome back to the show at any time. And then all of you listening out there, thank you, too, for joining us today. I'm Ross Morasso. Until next time. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Jason Derulo. I love that music connects to people all over the country. But unfortunately, so does something else. Childhood hunger. 15 million kids struggle with hunger right here in America. And yet, every year, billions of pounds of surplus food in the U.S. go to waste instead of going to the children in need. Feeding America is working to change this. The Feeding America nationwide network of food banks rescues this surplus of food to help provide meals to families in virtually every community in the United States including yours, but they just can't do this alone. Join me in the fight against hunger in America. For more information on what you can do to get involved, visit feedingamerica.org. That's feedingamerica.org. Together we can solve hunger. Together we're feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. They'll challenge your authority. They'll try to break your will. They'll push you to the edge of your sanity. Because that's what kids do. But this car is your territory, not theirs. Defend it. Who makes the payments? Who cleans it? Who drives it? You do. That's who. And in here, your word is law. So when you say you won't move until everyone's buckled up, you won't budge an inch until you hear that click. Never give up until they buckle up. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
For more information, visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup.